live with the music again. Good evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to the 50th episode of Go Mo Tonight, the Monadnock Region's only locally focused weekly comedy podcast. 50 episodes and still going strong. We're here in what we love to call our space lounge. I'm your host, Christopher DiLoretto, here with my lovely co-host, Zoe Rotenheinsmith. And we are here for the second time using uh, this, new, this new platform. We had a couple of snafus last time, but that's okay. I think that's pretty normal um, to have some growing pains. I, if, if anything goes wrong this time, though, we're killing it. We're going to go back to the old way. Um, but I have good um, optimism. Anyways, so um, it is today is the 26th of January, and it is a Thursday. There is no unusual weather happening right now. And I have to say, if, I, if I'm being completely honest, we didn't realize until we were about to hit record that this was our 50th episode otherwise we, we might have you know might have planned something huge you know i mean we had jonah and charlie on for for christmas and maybe we'd bring uh bill taylor back old friend bill taylor he hasn't been on in a while like i don't know i don't know what i would have done if i had been cogent and on my game enough to plan something for this, what we would have done for the 50th episode, but probably we would have done something intentional. So I don't know, maybe we'll make up for it some other time, or maybe in 10 weeks, we'll just have a big 60th episode bash because those zero episodes come up, you know, every three months or so. Yeah. Every, every 10. We should yeah. just do like a random number though. We should. Yeah. Maybe like we should. 52 is, was always like my lucky number. When oh. I was a kid, for, like, I don't really know how this happened. Oh, like my brother and I. Two episodes from now. Yeah. yeah, let's let's do that. Maybe we should do some kind of. Um, maybe we should try to utilize. You know, if we don't the feet the uh, the tool here, maybe we should do some kind of live um, fifty second episode call in special. That sounds fun. It could be kind of fun. So stay tuned, folks. We got plans. And actually. Though one special treat that we did decide to do since it's the 50th episode, or we, we might have done it anyway, but um, we've begun, in fact, we, we might be slightly behind. This, this was a major theme of, of last week's episode, talking about the struggles of January and how a lot of times the, you might not get all your plans and, and goals and stuff in line until the end of the month, but it is the end of the month now. In fact, by the time this episode comes out, it's going to be February, so... No real excuses now. You gotta get gotta get moving, right? Everybody's gotta get moving. So we did do our part this week though in beginning to move forward and, and articulate some of our plans for this year beyond this delightful space lounge. And we we've talked to some folks outside of our our little circle, which is just the two of us now that Sam is Lord knows where. Um actually I know exactly where he is. He's I don't know if I'm supposed to say this. He's on Main Street, though. Grove Street. He's on Grove Street. He's got a secret office in there. I'm not telling you what address it is, but... He's there, like, see, right now? Like, literally this minute? He goes to bed too early for that. <laughs> We're the only ones who ever kept him up past nine, you know? So, yeah, that's probably true. Um, but, uh, so just, so outside of the two of us, though, we've begun some other conversations, and... We want to share these things, even though they're nascent ideas, because we think it might be helpful to like kind of put a bug in 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 the the collective Peterborough public's ear about a couple of these ideas when we post this in the um, in the oppression group and the freedom Peterborough group, um, which you should join if you haven't yet. Um, Maybe we'll get some some feedback and some comments about some of these ideas if if people are interested in this kind of thing, because uh, you know we we aim to please here, and uh, also after a meeting that we had yesterday, Zoe and I have some follow ups that we have to do, 
And if we talk about these ideas publicly on this program, it kind of adds a little pressure to us to do some of those follow-ups and communicate one-on-one -on -one some of these things that we need to communicate, perhaps you know, with some key related people before this comes out. Um, so the clock is ticking. We're 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 um, we're putting ourselves on the hook. How do you how do you feel about that? Well, I like let's get to it. Let's put ourselves on the hook here. Let's get to it. And you might think it's it's you know boring. January just came to an end. February is not much better. Everyone knows this. February is is the month of dead hope, right? The light the lights getting a little bit brighter, but you still. I mean, there's usually I feel like there's usually a day in late February where I can actually, at least through a window, I can feel the sun for the first mm -hmm. time in months. You know, mm -hmm. it hasn't happened yet. That's probably the best thing we can say about February, because most of the, you, you hope for things to get better, but it's just like arrested development, you know, and the days get a little bit longer. But it's like you're just not getting the relief that you crave. It's still dry. You're if you're not good at like taking supplemental vitamin D, like the vitamin D that you got last summer has been gone for months, you know, so you're in just a bad frame of mind. And if you're if you're a person who suffers from seasonal affective disorder, you've been suffering for weeks and weeks and weeks and it's not over yet. You know, this is just a tough time. Right. And and then March comes along and like it's my birthday month. And I always want to really be like, March is a good month. When I was a kid, me and my buddy Billy, whose whose birthday is almost exactly six months apart from me in September, used to argue about which was the best month, just because we wanted to have our birthday in the better month than the other. We were, you know, at eight years old, weirdly compatible, com competitive about that shit, right? Um, but but I mean, <laughs> he won't listen to this. He's right. You know what I mean? September is way better. It's than March, not honestly, even a question. because no, it's totally not, especially around here. Maybe in other parts of the country. No, you know, you know no, because you know what? Like, okay, maybe like other parts of the country, but in the south, where you know, spring is very different than it is here. Spring kind of comes on all at once, and and I have come to appreciate New England spring and the way that it mm, unfolds. Gradual. And there's like you know different pieces of spring that happen but march still sucks down there because you want it to be warm and it isn't it's just not yeah, it yet isn't quite warm yeah like march is yeah. always the month i mean there's no snow to contend with usually there was a famous march snowstorm when i was in third grade but it was a it was these things easy. happen yeah. yeah march is usually the month where like the grass is a little green and you're like mm -hmm. oh man i want to go run around in that grass barefoot but if you do you'll be cold and so it's yeah, like, and it's like, it's well, actually, tell me if this happens. Like, so if you go run out on that grass, right? Does is it does it get hard there? Does the ground get hard? Like, I know it doesn't freeze, but does it? What what does it feel like? Does it stay soft? Like, I don't. I guess I, guess I don't. I, I don't guess know how it to stay soft. Yeah, I guess yeah, it stays interesting. soft. Interesting. Interesting. But it's just cold, and yeah, and plus it's not like the spring frolic that I always wanted. This happened to me like multiple times as a kid. Do you feel like we get a spring frolic even if it's not in March in New England? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah, it's and just guess, later on. I guess you get it down south too. Like it's just not March. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Um I used to there used to um I mean it's it's actually true I think anywhere in New England where there's a day. There's always one day, right? And sometimes it is actually in March, but it's it's usually even more of a tease because it 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 isn't permanent, you know. But if it's not March, it's gonna happen almost definitely in April, right? Where there's one day where it's like in in you know with capitalized proper noun letters, right? The first nice day, and it is like agreed upon, and everyone's outside, yeah. like walking amongst each other. And and then I, what I what I started off saying is it used to be this way in Boston. It is, or at least it was, back in the Bush administration when I was around for this kind of thing, um, a much bigger affair in Boston. I mean, there there will be like men and women with their shirts off on Boston Common on the first nice day. I'm not kidding. Like laying down on the hill, like basking in the sun. It, yeah. it, like the first nice day might be 
62 degrees, you know, right. or something like that. But the, and everybody's out and everybody looks good and everybody's like not wearing a million layers. The the puffer jackets are like a memory, right? Um, like just all the ugly, like like everybody walking around like that, you know, like God Almighty, it's just gone, and it's it's wonderful. Um, and I look forward to that day, but it's pr but it's probably not going to come in March, right? So you think to yourself, okay, man, we've got this whole long slog of of just crap to go through, right? But if there's one lesson that Zoe and I have learned very very well over the years and through many different ventures in many different forms. It's that everything that you want to plan takes way longer than you think it should. So we're looking out at things. I think both of them are, no, I know both of them are in May that we're talking about here. And we, we must begin the planning in earnest now um, because we need February, March, and April um, to, to get this done. And, you know, some of this stuff, people just need to know about it and the ball has to be rolling that far in advance, even if we're not continuously working the whole time. So, mm -hmm. um, we're not just doing this to tease you. We're doing this because, um, it's necessary. So, um, why don't you kick us off with, um, we, we have some ideas for town meeting, um, potentially both for the voting component and for the, um, you know, in-person actual town meeting component, right? And yeah. they're not, we have some plans around like politics, right? But this isn't the political part. This is just community joy. So yes. yeah, take that, take it I, away. I feel like, so my experience being a candidate really is what, what spurred this idea where like the candidates are out there like all day long for, for the ballot session, for voting, right? And there is a little bit of like a party vibe to it mm -hmm. if yeah. you're standing there all day and i think that it should be that way for everybody like i think that that should extend to voters as well and like that it could be you know much more of a fun thing to do to just to go vote and the the plans are very nebulous i don't really know what this looks like yet um i've i've seen in my mind since like my my first run for rec committee that a balloon arch would would lift the the vibe of the whole thing so i fantasize about that i don't really you know well know. and we've discussed and this is not a firm commitment but we've discussed you know if we're permitted to do so funding the balloon arch ourselves so like we're not asking the taxpayers christopher maidman um to <laughs> um you know fund our our fun and our balloon arch no 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 we are we are we're a private business um, doing this for the good of the community, you know, out of um, voluntary gift. charity in our hearts, yes. right? A gift to the town. Um, yeah. The other, but but the taxpayers already own a hot dog machine. Machine? What's the like technical term for this? Hot dog. Hot dog cooker? stand. I think I think we just a call stand? it a hot dog stand. Yeah, it's a okay. stand. Yeah. To me, so. a stand implies like, you know, like more than just the hot dog cooking apparatus yeah but i guess so how does it cook it is it a steam thing i don't know but i do mm. know that the rec committee owns one and was talking about getting rid of it but they haven't yet this so i did already email about this because i'm Good, excited nice. about already some on... election hot dogs <laughs> you've done one more follow-up than i have at least at this point <laughs> so that's cool so um, we already we as a town own this hot dog stand machine cooker we'll whatever. We'll buy the hot dogs. Sure. Or we'll get it. We'll get maybe maybe people maybe want to chip have, in. You know maybe yeah. there's other other businesses that want to voluntarily be a part of this. I think that would be a ton of fun though. And I I'm remembering this. I don't know if it's 100 percent accurate, but this is. Probably not the first time some people have heard us say this because I'm pretty sure we talked about this in this year's live stream from voting because and if not, then we had a conversation about it live, not recorded, because this was definitely discussed where we were there and we're like, it's just there's people it's it's like people try to tell me that the dump is, but 
in reality, you know, like we're like everyone really is coming together and chatting, especially if you're there all day. You just see all kinds of people coming and going, and it is really fun. And I know at least one point, I think we were on camera, but I could be making that up. I think we were like, this is missing a hot dog stand. We should have, I think I said that. We both agreed it, um, that there should be a hot dog stand. So we've probably talked about the balloon arch before. Maybe even, maybe even. But like, we want to. We can have like musical acts, like like a farmer's market, like, you know. I would I love know. that. That would just be really out, cool. Have a hot dog after you vote. Can you just imagine, like, Charlie Chronopolis, like, sitting by the door um, as people walk in, just playing his new version of I'm on Fire, like, over and over again? Um, I think that would be hilarious. I think that it could, like, spur some, some real change. Just, like, get everyone in this ring mindset. You know, absolutely. Before they go and in, then, and and so I definitely think that that festival atmosphere and the the hot dog stand and or balloon arch and like things like that very easily slide in to the the day of voting, right? The the ballot session. Um, the live session is a little bit trickier because, of course, it's indoors, right? And so, and we could certainly set something up on the steps of the townhouse with permission right but it's not like people aren't like flowing back and forth right it's a time thing and it's a session and it's a meeting with rules and stuff so it's there's there's not traffic and we can't really do anything fun during the meeting because that would interrupt the proceedings so the meeting itself is fun though like it is fun i I don't feel like that one needs more i just no, i don't think so other than like more people to come and experience it yeah right and participate in it right and perhaps perhaps what we add to the why am i not remembering the actual name of this that's really bothering me but anyways the um the live session, like what do There's we call the de- that? The, the deliberative session, the no, open session. No, the deliberative session is the live one that happens first. It happens like a month beforehand. Hold I just on. wrote. They, they I said just, it. They said it in the Peterborough Dispatch this week, which I, also I would thank Allie for down. doing this, but I think she told us she hasn't done this in a long time. No, it's called the open session. Yeah, open I, did. Session. I just said that. You did. I did. Oh, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I was thanking whoever is not Allie who does this thing. Um, sorry. Open session, as Zoe knew. Um, maybe what we bring to the table there is just some more, some better, um, like, live coverage of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe we could maybe we could have a camera in the back filming the whole thing this time. Um, like the... Like, there's always people with cameras there and stuff, right? But we never, we pretty much never, other than the official town footage, which is you know, on the Ustream or wherever the town's videos are, you don't see, like, the the paper or, like, the Keen paper or anybody else, like, posting videos or, or coverage of this kind of thing. So um, maybe we can supplement the town's video with our own colorful type of video. Um, and although I wonder if there's a fun way we could greet people in some way, whether mm. on the steps or... If they if they would let us like you know how sometimes for events they close the doors to the select boardroom and there's a they put a table right there so you go up like the first like five steps or whatever and there's like people there before you you go around the staircases yeah you know I don't know maybe we print up something fun to um, give to them you know like some kind of we always complain about how there haven't been stickers, you know? So, like, maybe we a do something sticker. like that. That's a good idea. For, and there's definitely never stickers for open session, right? And really, if you go to open session, that's a much bigger commitment that you've made civically. So maybe we make, like, congratulatory. Not that I the like people that. here need any more self-congratulation, but it would be kind of fun. Um, stickers that we hand to them as they go in. As, you know, thank you for participating in this, you know, and maybe we yeah. can drive some more engagement by promising these stickers to people who have never been to town meeting before. Yeah. But it's like, instead of I voted, like, what would be the verb for? I legislated. I love it. Because as Andrew said yes. in our bonus episode, and as we've said, should shouldn't say that concept on this program um, was introduced by Andrew, because we've talked about this many times. 
in the town meeting form of government, the legislators are the people. And, you know, so something along that theme of like, I like that. I am a legislator of the people, you know, like, or some, you know, something like that, like, you know, really civic with the cool graphic and stuff. Um, we could, uh, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Cool idea. Yeah. And coming right on the heels of that, I think it's just a couple weeks later. Um, so May 10th, um, which is, I think it's almost always a Wednesday. I think it, I shouldn't say almost always, it is always a Wednesday. Um, my calendar won't pop up on my computer. Um, the <laughs> I, I have the calendar open. We'll Thank race. you. Are you going to tell what it is, though? Or are we going to get the date first? <laughs> we'll do it simultaneously. Wait, did I screw? Oh, I'm looking in the wrong month. I'm like, did I? Yeah. Uh, everybody's favorite. Not in my calendar. The future. Kentucky Derby Day of Peterborough with drinking in the streets and big fancy hats. We want the big fancy hats now. Don't forget, we've been promoting the big fancy hats for a long time, actually. But someday we're going to close the streets. Sorry, Chief Gennard. Maybe we'll wait until after you retire. We'll take advantage of your successor to have drinking in the streets, um, things like that. Children of the Arts Day. Yes, I know it's Children and the Arts Day, but... You've no disrespect saying, intended to the committee. I like it better. I just like it. Yeah. You've been children saying it of so the long arts. that children and the arts sounds wrong to me now. It does. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, because, yeah, you're when you say children and the arts, they seem separate, like separate categories to me, whereas this is our children are born of the art of creation or something like that. You know, it's still, yeah. it's a little half-baked and stonery, but I like it. Um so that's that day. And our concept here, which could go in one of many different directions, um, is, and again, this has come up many, many years. It ends at like three o'clock. And really, I think, doesn't the parade happen earlier than that too? And then it kind of dies after the, yeah. the parade's at like one or something like that. And yeah. So the real action is like 10 to one. Um, we tried to get some face painting after the parade last year and they were like packing it up. They were like that. They didn't even make it all the way. Yeah. And for our part, we had a table where we had a really fun um, tick removal game based on um, 90s dare class. Um, no one came around, you know, so like it's like we we actually were there to greet more people. You know what I mean? We were not packing it up. But it was there was nothing to do because everyone everyone gives up and goes home. Maybe that's okay. We're not trying to tell the children of the arts people to have their parade later or change it around at all. That, we have enough battles to fight, right? Um, they, they can they can plan that as they see fit. But the bigger issue is not that things die after the parade. It's that when the event officially ends at three o'clock, there's nothing else to do for the rest of the day. And it's such a big festival. It's there's so much joy and exuberance, and like it, it, it infects the adults too. Some, I think, honestly, more than the kids in a lot of cases, right? It's a very happy time. It's very celebratory. It is Peterborough's like spring festival, um, and one can make a very strong argument, almost incontrovertible now at this point. It's Peterborough's signature festival of the year. It's the you know, we've talked before about how other town, every town has like one thing that's like unique to them that they do in the thing, like, you know, uh, pots and pans in Greenville, right? Temples, uh, same weekend, but temples the next morning, 4th of July is I think better than what I've seen in other towns. Um, other th you know, uh, who does, um, Francis town does, does labor day. Yes. That's what I was thinking of. So this is Peterborough's. And Peterborough should have more than this, but we take this very seriously. And it just kills the momentum of the whole thing when there's like nothing, no options after that point. And yes, mm -hmm. you can have house parties and things like that. We've we've tried that or at least talked about did we do that last year? We talked I think about people it. People came over. Yeah, I think we did. I think we had a I think we had a bit of a bash. Um, but 
we want it to be collective and we want it to be public and we understand that we're at least a decade away from convincing anyone to like challenge the RSAs on um, alcohol and 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 convince the the many virtue police people of the town that it's o- that it's okay to not be sober on the children's parade. Um, you know, we understand that that's a decade long fight, right? But we have to start somewhere. And so we want to have some sort of after party, whether it's something that like continues right at three or more likely um, something that, that that happens a little while later so that there can be like an interregnum, like a break period um, for like feeding and shifting and things like that, and then come back out. And whatever form this takes, the idea is that like it's family friendly in the sense that kids kids can certainly be there, but it's not primarily tailored towards children. Adults are supposed to have a good time at this um, and not faking or trying really hard or this is good for a kid's thing or anything like that. Just like the parade and the the festival itself, where, like I said, adults have legitimate joy and legitimately get carried away by the feeling independent of the children that's we want that same spirit to continue on mm-hmm. and so we this is another area where we would love feedback like we talked about potentially like if there was a restaurant or a bar that wanted to partner with us on something like this and host a children of the arts night type of event where there's maybe like some music and you know it's some some drinking and food in a festival environment right we've heard that the businesses really don't love children of the arts day and they say that fewer people go in to eat and all that stuff well we could change that we could it could even we could even say say be magnanimous here right not even just one restaurant, but what if multiple downtown mm-hmm. establishments decided that they wanted to do their own special thing on the evening of Children in the Arts Day? And so you could like roam between them and check multiple ones out or pick That's one cool that offers something that appeals most to you. And if and if that were the case, say, and people, you know, it's like three or four different places people are going between. It's not drinking in the streets, but we've sort of spiritually connected these different drinking establishments, uh, you know, a la Bourbon Street, right? Where, like, you can go from one to the other. You can't carry your cup across yet, but you can carry your vibe across. Yeah, that's a really cool idea. It would be cool. We'd have to get these, these you know, I know that, some some i don't i don't know the business owners that well but sometimes they seem reticent to to want to do things like that but who knows maybe they you know maybe but you know they put artwork up in their windows so like yeah like they they participate it's not that they're like anti-children yeah. arts. that's true that is true so um but other ideas that we've had potentially are um holding an actual event in a space like say um now you know hopefully we perhaps talk to some of these relevant people before this but like you know what about the golf course you know what if we rent it out um you know or you know uh, us and a couple other again private businesses or organizations who have the same values as we do want to pitch in or something and rent the place out and you know they i assume the the uh golf course would supply the bartender and make money off of the the alcohol sales and stuff but do something in that space where there's like potentially like music and um some activities and just a, an opportunity for people to reconvene together in in revelry you know that's another option um i don't know am i am i forgetting cool. uh, other yeah, other too. ideas along these these lines for well, children in the arts day have half baked ones that will require some like reaching out and talking before I think we're ready to, you know, put any other concrete ideas out there. But yeah, something. so for the for the public out there, 
these are the two main things that we're we're kind of you know in our our 50th episode plea that we're sort of looking for some opinions on like I know there's pe- I know for facts because again I've been having this conversation for many years now there's many people out there who would be interested in this after party and if you're one of them especially if I've never talked to you about it before we want to hear from you and we want to hear what your ideas are and what you think would be the most fun. And hey, maybe you know somebody who'd be interested in helping out with this. You know, there's, there's um, chime in. Let's like, you know, I don't mean to be cheesy, but like fucking community, man. You know, like let's, you know, DIY, friggin' um, mutual aid, right? Um, let's, uh, we come together and we um, can make all kinds of things happen so i mean we we want to hear it so please please bring it to us um and those are just our may ideas we um not our idea but there's rumblings in the in the out there that perhaps if they get it together the chamber of commerce of greater peterborough and Keene may want to bring fireworks back to Peterborough for 4th of July. As, as any regular listener of this program knows, we support this 100%. We have been calling for the reinstitution. We think it's a crime that so many towns around here have their own fireworks celebration, and Peterborough is just silent, except for people like me who get a whole bunch of fireworks and shoot them the fuck off. Um, as I said last year, um, you know, don't complain to me about my fireworks because I don't want you to have a dog. Um, so, um, <laughs> anyways, that's a, that's a mean thing to say. But the the sticking point does seem to be the location. Um, again, these are just these are un, unconfirmed rumors. And I will say we've give we've given lots of shit to the Chamber of Commerce. Um, if they follow through on this idea. We owe them props. That's a legitimately good thing for them to do. It's a thing that this town has lacked, and it would be filling that gap, and we truly appreciate that, and we want to see it happen, and we support it. We will help any way that we can. But one of the reasons that the location for this is difficult is because they used to shoot them off from the high school because, you know, there's regulations, especially with a larger town-style fireworks display about, like, feet from houses and, like, feet from people and, like, all this stuff. And... Some of the only places in a hilly country like this uh, that are flat are, are going to be like athletic fields and, and other um, areas at schools, right? So, again, this isn't our plan, and so we're not so much looking for direct feedback on this, but the point that I want to make, and this is something that we specifically talked about last week, so it's very relevant, is that what we hear through the grapevine is that the only sticking point with using the school for this is that the school, what does the school say? What is the school's common refrain that we just hear again and again and again? They don't want us to do that. They don't want us to do that on their land. Um, I'm not just stirring up shit in saying that, like, I think a lot more of you should have a problem with that attitude because it's wrong. The schools are not like a little government unto themselves, even if they have a board, okay? They are not like a little Vatican City within (laughs) the Rome of this region. That is not how this works. Those are not their buildings and their grounds. They are ours. They belong to us every bit as much as the Peterborough townhouse does. And yes, I understand that the, the the charter of Conval means that like they're technically shared and all that stuff. Look, I grew up in a in a school district. It was three towns, right? And yes, it was a school board like this one where each town has a say on the board and like major changes have to be approved by all of them and all this shit, right? But if Townsend wanted to use one of the schools for something, they fucking used the school for something. They were never told no. You know, and that might be a little bit different now because in Massachusetts, it's not that common to have a day off on election day. And there's a lot of people that are skittish about having adults who haven't had Corey checks in school buildings with 
children. Whereas back in, in my day, they sometimes would have live voting with classes going on, right? right? So they don't want to do that now, and that's fine. But sometimes they do close the schools for that, you know, and they have to, you know, that is a societal trade-off, I guess, that, that the towns are not in control of. And that's okay. None of what we want the schools to do requires adults without quarry checks to be in the school building with the children and, like, molesting them all. Like, that's, we don't want any of that, right? We're talking weekends. We're talking nights. We're talking times when this public publicly owned resource is available for us to use and sits fallow because the schools like just like don't want to deal with it and i don't like that i want a more cooperative spirit coming from our school board and as this episode is coming out at the beginning of february it is too late for us to like have an organized campaign to reform the school district in all of these towns to elect people who wants to be more flexible with the town about our resources and about saving money because we know we're never going to be able to close the goddamn empty school buildings and some have pointed out to me i don't know the math some have said to me the belt hip for example that closing the schools actually would only save us like less than a million dollars a year which if you look at that school budget isn't that much so maybe if that's all this fuck it right um, but there's other things there's administrative bloat we're never going to conquer that that's society-wide right? That's what most of what we're paying for because the teachers cost the same. It's just that there's consultants and administrators and they make a shit ton of money and they probably don't deliver a lot of real gains, but they're necessary for all schools now. And that's what we have to live. We can't solve that problem, right? And so, man, you know what? These fucking people, they're never going to help us lower our overall budget and lower our property taxes. The way that the law and the charter is, maybe there's probably nothing that we can do about the actual dollars coming down. But the least they could do, given all of that, right, is say, hey, though, maybe there's ways we can reduce your burden in other places by like, hey, you know, like letting you knock down the fucking armory and play basketball here where there's a properly sized court and it's meant for basketball because it's a school with a gym. And that could be any of the schools because they all have fucking gyms with basketball courts, all of them. Every single one of them in the whole school district has that. And we got to play games at the community center because, because, you know, I don't want to see that. And we deserve fireworks. And it's the goddamn summertime when the school isn't being used for any of that. And I want to see the, I want to see those shot off. I don't want to, maybe we'll do it somewhere else because it's better. Okay. But I want it to be because we want to, not because the school said, Screw you. And you know what? I will say this ahead of time. When we find out who's running for school board, I want to call or email as many of them as possible yeah. and get them on the record as what their position is on things like this because everybody deserves to know. And so it's going to be right. tough for us to organize anything big or awesome for the school board election. As always, we'll aim for next year. But that much we will do. I, I will personally fucking try to reach out to every single one of these people and be like what is your position on this and why and yeah. we will publish them and people who don't respond to us we will publish that too and we want to change this so yeah we want more celebrations and more fun it's our 50th episode and we want you to have a fucking shitload of fun uncensored <laughs> well by the time this episode comes out if I if I remember the dates correctly from when I just saw them in the paper, um, the filing period for running for school board is not yet over. So, mm. you know, if you're if, out there, if you're out there and you're enraged by this and you're like, I want to run for school board, you know, yeah, and and I will let tell us you, know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. I I will tell you this: if you run for school board, maybe you have other reasons as well. But if part of your run is to run on this type of platform where we have cooperative schools that work well with the town and allow the resources that are ours to be shared with us tell us because we're we will back you and we will promote you we will have you on the show we will endorse you we will do everything that we can to help you get elected because that's what we want to see in this community so uncle sam little uncle sam 
Uncle Chris here. So we we want you, not for the army, but for society. Come on out. Many opportunities. Many, many opportunities. That was that was a that was a good little rant. I mean, I think it's inspiring. People may hear that and wish to run for school board. I really hope so. I hope I hope it does. I hope it gets somebody into gear. Um, but okay, so those are our plans. Um, and we want your help in all of them. So what's next on our docket? We have uh winter still. We got ever since so last time we were on the air, um, we were talking about how there was a snowstorm. We got it, we got like six inches of snow. We thought it was you know, it was heavy wet snow, we thought it was a pain in the ass and all this stuff. And then like a couple days later, Sunday night, there was this storm was supposed to it was at the time we recorded, I think they were still saying like just like a couple inches, right? Got like a fucking foot of more heavy wet snow. And then we got yeah. slush. We got like three inches of slush a couple days after that. Uh, so winter, condensed winter has fallen upon us. Yeah, sh- shutting down towns in its wake. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Ringe. Poor Ringe. Ringe is the future, but not the present. Um, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I heard at one point, like, what? Like, the traffic lights were off. Like, Market Basket was shut down. Like, throwing no food away. Anywhere. You couldn't get out of any of the highways because there were trees down and stuff. Yeah, it seemed like from everything that I saw that while and I actually saw a post, um, interestingly, um, by the I think it was the Winchester Police Department that was doing breakdowns of like power outages and and things like that. Um, And I think it was like yesterday. And so it wasn't even in the middle of the storm. It was like, this is what's still going on. And they did make the comment that this is absolutely above average for the state. So like our region in particular got creamed, got clobbered by uh-huh. this. Um, but it seems like even within our region, the corridor of Route 119, which I'm very familiar with as I grew up, where I grew up in Townsend, the street is right off of 119. Uh, but this is, of course, many miles away. But the corridor of, of 119 that goes through... Um, Ringe and into Fitzwilliam and through Richmond just got clobbered in terms of trees. Mm-hmm. And those were the roads that were just shut down in multiple places. Like 119 was shut down, I think, in Ringe and in Richmond, um, going heading into Winchester um, for a time. And the the whole town of Ringe was basically out of power. Um, and wh- where is, Ma- is Mason connected to that? No, Mason is um, Mason is more like south of Temple, and um, it's it's um, close to Massachusetts, but a different different road. Correct. Different it's still close. I shouldn't I shouldn't act like it's like totally different, but like it's still close. Both Mason and Ringe. No, I shouldn't say that. Mason borders Townsend actually, so Mason is closer to that direction, like more like due south, you know, okay. whereas. 119 goes from goes um, from Townsend through Ashby through Ashburn Ham and then finally meets the Ringe border. Um, so it's I, I think just, it's further west. I just heard that Mason got like wiped out too. That's why I was Yeah, I'm sure they did. Connected. I'm sure they did. Um, sorry, I have to see if I'm right here. Produce producer Jimmy um, coming on with uh we got to look at a map and say well, google maps apparently doesn't know what southern new hampshire is it thinks it's just a university um <laughs> <laughs> let's look up peterborough new hampshire uh and I mean, these are out. things we need to know you know these are things we need to know and as we as we established in the last episode my sense of geography is awful always and so looking at maps is always like a fascinating experience for me because it's always like seeing them for the first time it's like that's where that is hold on let me test out this feature that we want to use for something else later um i'm gonna put my screen up here sorry for those of you on um 
SoundCloud or podcast app, you won't be able to see this. But I've, can you see this on your end, Zoe? This screen? I can, this map? I can see it. Yeah, I just can't quite read all the little town names. Okay, so we'll see if our audience is actually able to capture this. But in any case, if you, I think actually, okay, so. Oh, I see it. Yeah, so actually, I, I was wrong. Ringe is what's more like due south of Peterborough. And New Ipswich, Greenville, and Mason are slightly southeast. It's yeah, more okay. like south-southeast, I think, would it would technically be direction-wise yeah. um, from there. And the corridor of road that we're talking about, um, ex uh, stop popping up, it, it starts like here, basically, um, getting towards, see, Ringe 119 goes all the way. This is why I say, and and John Hunt, I think, told me that it's not true. And, and I guess looking at the map, maybe that's so. But I've always thought that Ringe was so huge because if you ride 119 from end to end, it's far. It's like a big, long stretch right here. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like basically from like here into Fitzwilliam, and then 119 continues due west into Richmond uh, going towards <laughs> Winchester. And this whole area was just like slammed. Mm -hmm. So I will tell you, I can't see your mouse. Oh, okay. Sorry. Oh, that's that kind of sucks. I um, so okay. I was, I was, you, good guess. I was hover, moving my mouse over the area. you hover over those things, I could see that that i you was there covering yeah. but like so i couldn't fringe. see the movement yeah i see so, for those here, so it's basically like from here on the map continuing to here continuing a little bit further beyond here which yeah, wow richmond richmond is so controlled by that catholic cult that they don't even allow pictures of themselves to appear they're just that <laughs> sequestered interesting place um so uh, anyways, that's our geography lesson for this episode, but yeah, crazy. Um, we had, but there was, it was a little, it was so, so very serious for those towns that really got wiped out. Everything was mostly repaired within a day. There were some, some of these places that got really hit like range. It was like a couple of days of, of hairiness. Right. Um, but I, I definitely got the sense that some people are just kind of bored because they really wanted this to be the next ice storm. Um, of 2008, I think that was 2008 ice storm, maybe 2007. I don't know. 2008, I think it was. It was definitely before I was in this region. Yeah, and it was not. It's that's not going to happen. But what is going to happen though is less dramatic than that, and it's not going to be a singular event that like people have no power for a week. And like it is really, it does feel like people are wishing for this, which is strange to me, but. It's not going to be like that, but because we're going to warm a bit, as we discussed, the snow is going to get heavier. That's what makes the snow heavy. Is it if is is it snowing at like thirty two degrees instead of twenty degrees, and which makes more powder, and that's how it's going to snow from now on. Most winters is like this, and what we need is whether it's probably the utilities. But maybe in some cases, the governments, maybe it's the, the governments in conjunction with the utilities, need to focus more on the, the tree maintenance and stuff like that and proactively catching the, the likely trees and limbs that are going to take down lines before they happen. Because that is going to be cheaper than continually calling people in for like massive overtime round-the-clock operations to restore power which you have to do for people in the winter because they're going to freeze and they're going to their food's going to go bad and like it's going to ah, it just sucks um so anyways that's our future for ringe and the rest of us we also had a very helpful post from a gentleman this is in the um the oppression censored group uh gentleman we mentioned last week actually um his name is Jonathan Golson. He's got a blue check mark. He's the professional car reviewer. And I really did. I liked this post on its own merits, and I liked the conversation that came out of it because it was hilarious. A lot of people saying stupid things, but other people saying good things. I liked it. It was a good interchange. Um, he posts um, a dash cam video, which he has because he's a fucking professional car reviewer, right? It's blue check mark. Um, he says, if someone is curious what Temple Mountain looks like, it's slip slippery but passable. This was at 6.30 p.m. Wednesday evening. You do have winter tires, of course, right? All-wheel drive won't help you stop. Only rubber designed for cold. Wintry conditions can do that. 
trust me, I'm a professional. And he actually, what he clarified in some comments that he wasn't being a dick and saying I'm a professional, like I'm a professional guy. He was kind of kidding in saying that. It was, it was, he was trying to. Make I read it dick. in a funny tone. Yeah, he did. It was a funny tone. So I don't. I, I want everyone to be clear that that's a thing. But uh, everybody's least favorite commenter in the town, Elaine Marie, just. <laughs> This is, I mean, and and I guess thanks to Elaine, because if it wasn't for people like Elaine, the conversation would have been more boring. So somebody's got to throw themselves on the sword, I guess, of of duncery. <laughs> um, but um, the she just does not like professional what driver tire guy. Hopefully, this video took you took was hands free, as that is the law in New Hampshire. By the way. Go around the mountain through Greenfield, Lineboro, Wilton, out to Milford. Saves the white knuckle driving. New Hampshire RSA 26579C specifically prohibits the use of any handheld mobile electronic device capable of providing voice or data communication while driving or stopped in traffic. And the leading cause of accidents in this state is distracted driving from people on their cell phones. Like, fucking thanks. Blair, thank you, Blair. Shout out to Blair. Got the first response in. Karen, it looks like a dash cam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which it like pretty obviously, if you've heard of a dash cam video, um, it's clearly a dash cam. It's this is not a handheld phone. A um, lot of people. Well, <laughs> I, I just one one more reenactment of Elaine because her response to Blair is just a little priceless. Blair Weiss, first of all, my name isn't Karen. Second, I would like to know what kind of professional he professes to be. I don't go on your group page, that's the freedom page for the record, um, that you are admin of and call you names. Don't you come on this one and call me names. Got it? Be a better man! In all caps, with the man. That's what it says. Um, Is she an admin of the group? No, he. She was talking about Blair. He, no, I know, Blair, but like the way she was like, I don't go on your page that you. Oh have yeah, no, she's not an admin of this group. Okay. I don't know why this is her page. No, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. No, 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 no. She's not. She's not the great, the great god Don Sykes um, or anything like that. Um, you know, there's only, it's only one of them, right? Um, but um, the ever I, know, I like this guy. I almost maybe I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should invite this fellow on the show to talk about reviewing cars. Um, I, I am kind of I, I like his personality and he just <laughs> very calmly responds. You're welcome to tap my name and see my very public and verified profile parentheses. That's what the little blue check means, which <laughs> Elaine does need that explained. So I like it that he did that. Um, if you're looking for more information, but here's my LinkedIn. If you're interested, not sure why you're so suspicious. And <laughs> <laughs> Which I just I just find just so funny. And yes, so people are just saying, you know, all this stuff. And then oh, I gotta I, I need to switch it to like all comments because some some poor woman chimes in. <laughs> I, I have, to, I have to say her actual name. Um, because this is just too funny to me. Even though I'm sure this happens all the time, but um oh yeah, her name is Karen Nadeau responds please stop using the name karen as a derogatory term <laughs> <laughs> which i am sorry to those named karen you're you're shit out of luck there it's not going to stop but that's just funny <laughs> and then jo <laughs> jordan also patiently explains <laughs> it's a dash cam permanently affixed to the windshield a next space 622 gw if you're curious highly recommended <laughs> i'm an automotive journalist and car reviewer and drive many dozens of cars a year I have taken quite a few professional driving. So he goes on, you know, and he says, you know, if you're white knuckling while driving, you shouldn't be driving in those conditions. You need to properly maintain, you know, and I, I agree with all that and all this stuff. I also like it though, that his, his post though, even though it is in good humor is not scornful of those who want to see Temple Mountain. And I want to say for the 10 millionth time, if you think it's weird to ask about what's going on at the top of Temple Mountain, you have a serious disorder. Like, I don't know why you would think that. It is sometimes people have to drive in the snow, right? Even the most experienced, yes, 
Jordan talking about, if you have a properly equipped car, I drive with snow tires. I'm a, I'm a very experienced driver in the snow. I've been doing it for decades at this point, but I don't like it and I'm very careful. And I know that no matter how good I am or no matter how good I, my tires are, no matter if I have eight wheel drive, something can still go wrong in the middle of a snowstorm and I could drive into a tree or drive into another car. It happens to anybody, no matter how good you are. And Temple Mountain going over that pass has its own unique weather. It's I've driven through it multiple times where if you're on the bottom on either side, it's 38 degrees and it's misting out. But up at the top of that mountain, it is 33 degrees and it is more slippery than you can imagine. And it's foggy and you can't see. And it's cool to have a heads up about that because if you do, maybe you can take Elaine Marie's advice and go around it, or you can at least just mentally prepare yourself. That, that, all right, this is going to be difficult and I'm going to go slow and I'm going to survive it. Um, it's not a weird question to ask. And people act like it's just so stupid. And like, if you are concerned about going over Temple Mountain, you're an idiot and you should feel bad and you should stay home and do the rest of us a favor. That's like usually the common um, refrain, but no, no, that isn't how it is. I think that the people who aren't concerned about what's going on at the top of Temple Mountain are the ones who scared me because you're too confident. You have to, you're the ones that I afraid that I'm afraid of on the road because you're going to pass people in the passing lanes going up Temple Mountain. You know, you're the one who's going to end up in the ditch, you know? Um, so be afraid and ask and, you know, whatever, right? Yeah. That's Agreed. all we have to say about that. Um, my, I was going to say this a minute ago. Let me see if I can remember what my favorite comment was that he said in that post, though. Oh, yes. My favorite comment that Jordan, the, the post, the original poster made was that uh, he wasn't showing his speed. So you'll <laughs> never really know like if he's if he's going really slow or if he's because it looks like he's going really fast in the video. Yeah, I can't. But it's really hard to tell, you know, uh -huh. I thought that was funny. He, it was funny, and I, I want to find his exact words because I liked it because I think he was replying to Blair somewhere in there and saying, I don't know, but in any case, his, his comment was, oh, yeah, there it is. I, he wasn't responding to Blair, he was responding to somebody else. I stripped out the live speed at the bottom of the, of the video, lest someone judge, and then in parentheses, too fast or too slow we'll never know and so, and i'm sure that there would be multiple people on either side of that yeah yeah um because you know i see people on wmur like all the time when like you'll and, and like other new hampshire news places where it's an article about um new hampshire state police nabbed someone on 93 going like 124 miles an hour and shit like that it's always 93 it's often somebody from maine or the seacoast it's you almost always someone from maine or the seacoast doing this right and you will inevitably get those people who are like, actually, if you know what you're doing, you have the right kind of car, it's safer to go 100, over 100 miles an hour. And I can't believe you, like you, people will say this, like they Not literally say, they'll be like, it's, you know, it's really not that bad to do that, you know? Which, like, I hope that most of these people are, like, I don't know, under the age of 25. Because, like, yes, I remember being a kid and thinking it was cool to speed and shit, you know? Like, I was never a daredevil going that fast, though. I never liked that because I didn't want to die. Because if you hit something going that fast, you're dead. Like, you're just toast, you know? Doesn't matter what you're driving, you're, you're a goner. And yeah. uh, I didn't, even in my reckless youth, that seemed too reckless to me. You know, I and God, and that was back in the 90s, of course, when it was okay to be a little reckless and it was okay to not be safe. And um, going that fast was still considered a little bit uncool. We had, it's tragic. We had this road behind my high school that was a, it was a, it was a back road where I think the speed limit was like 35 or 40 miles an hour, but it, it was long and straight and like went up 
slowly up a hill um, on a long thing. And it tapered off by the time I was in high school. But like a lot of people died on that road because they would try to set a speed record on it. Like it was like a, it was like every few years, a high school student or two was getting in a crash and dying on that road from trying to see how fast they could go on it. Um, wow. So by the time I was in high school, no one was really doing that anymore because it had such a reputation as like a, a claimer of young lives as perhaps it should have even in the risk friendly nineties and, and early two thousands, that was accepted as a, maybe just an unsafe thing to do. So don't do that, you know? Um, but nobody in Peterborough is cool with that anyways, except for maybe that race car driver guy um, that chimes in from time to time. Maybe he keeps it to the track though. And not, I like to hope not one-on-one. You know, when I was young, I was like maybe 13. I was probably 12 or 13. I, um, the, the job that my dad had at the time, I want to say he was doing merchandising for star market. And as a merchandiser, he just got tickets to everything for like three or four years. And every single type of sport that there was, he just had tickets all the time. And this time it was NASCAR. It was the only time I went to a NASCAR race. I didn't think it was fun. It wasn't for me. Um, I don't want to go into that. No offense to the NASCAR people. I didn't, I didn't enjoy it, but, but, the tickets came from Kellogg's. So we got to, and Kellogg's had a car. They probably still do. Um, and so there was a Kellogg's tent. And the Kellogg's driver was a guy named Terry Labonte, who I don't know if he still races cars, but I think he was relatively well-known at the time. And he did like Q&A and stuff. And so I took the opportunity. I thought I was hilarious, right? And so I raised my hands and I, you know, I said, man, like, are you ever just like, driving down the normal road and you just like have a flashback and you think you're in a race and you just immediately start driving as fast as you possibly can. And he just paused and looked at me. No, <laughs> that was, that was all he said. Um, So according to that professional race car driver, they do leave it on the track. Um, you could have asked Terry Labonte anything, and that's what you picked. <laughs> you could have, like, the wisdom of Terry Labonte. And that's what I, that's what I wanted to know is, um, you know, that, that was, that was what I was, that was very much what I was like in middle school was like, I, yeah, I, I just, I wanted to be a, a wise ass and fuck with people. Um, who am I kidding? That's not just middle school. Um, <laughs> that never ended. <laughs> We're still doing this. Um, <laughs> I'm just better at it now. Um, and I don't have tickets to these exclusive areas. Not not NASCAR areas. No, not NASCAR areas. No, other other areas though. Other areas. Yeah, we yeah, for sure. There's definitely exclusivity coming down the pike. So I think we were gonna do this whole gallery thing because like I have just so I, I've started putting them in the comments of the Facebook posts, right? And Zoe's been putting them in the Tuesday email that comes out each week on Wednesday morning. Um, and, um, but if, and actually, I don't know how it works on other people's podcast app. Mine kind of sucks with this and it doesn't show the featured image that I select for my own episode on my app. I don't know if it does for other people, but anyways, SoundCloud lets you put a featured image for each episode that in theory broadcasts out to your podcast apps. And I've been doing these AI art creations for each of them basically like based on something that we talked about in the episode like last episode we talked about whether new england should steal europe's warmth and so i did a lot of explorations with ai art around a permanently frozen europe and one of which became the featured um image for that episode who knows what we'll do for this one but we were going to talk about maybe we'll save we'll save this for next week because I don't want to go on for too long here. We're already past an hour, but I'm having way too much fun 
messing with these text to image AI art things. And I don't give a shit about the ethical questions. I'm sorry. I, you know, I'm not here to talk about whether it's like putting art, art, like real life artists out of work or whether it's real art or it's whether it's should be fought in a Butlerian jihad, like in the Dune novels. Like, I'm not here to talk about that. Whether it's right or wrong or ethical or not, I'm having way too much fun with this. And I wanted to use our new screen sharing feature to have a little gallery showcase of some of the stuff we've talked about. Um, we'll save that for next week, though. Um, I think, um, right? Was there anything else that we really needed to cover this time around? I don't think so. All right, I'm gonna go ahead and you you won't be able to hear it, but I'm kicking off our talk through, um, which was, I love. I'm so we got we got two good Chris rants in this episode though, so we can, it's definitely okay to save the art. I don't think it's lagging at all. That's why I want to cap it here. Like, let's yeah. not, we'll save the other material for next time, right? Sounds good. This episode, as all of them are, is produced by our benevolent and wonderful, magnanimous. Downlord and producer Chad Patterson, who is extremely and helpful and I don't know how you know um, how to put it pedantic, you know, but like whatever. Anyways, uh, as we go through this migration to a new and have snafus and all this stuff, he's working us through. He can do that for you. He's got a website, studio117.net, not .com. That's not an error. It's .net, studio117, where you can book chat anything you need. You can produce your podcast. Consult with you and how to wire a room. He can mix your audio. He can um, run the soundboard for your band. Anything you can think of. Look him up and book him. And if he says no to you, it's because he's too busy with his other side gig running Down by 10, which is now New England's premier bad rock band. Booked out all the way into the summertime. They're coming to Milford sometimes. We'll talk about that. Oh, by the way, if you're listening to this, come out to Winterland uh, this this Saturday night at the Postal. I don't know where they're going. Put it in the notes. Maybe Postal Up. No, we're going to be there. It's going to be Bill Mullins singing. There's some Grateful Dead. Anyway, down by 10, though. Dad Rock covers. They can probably do Grateful Dead. Who knows? Uh, book them. But you might be relegated to a weekday time now because they are so busy. Anyways, all that stuff's in the show notes. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks to you, our listeners. We love you so much. Come back and join us again in this new and improved Base Lounge next week, same time, same place. And until, until we meet, do me a favor. Do us all a favor. Take some good advice.